This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Through the Smoke, a Miami Hurricanes podcast here on the 24-7 Sports Network. It is game week, which means we are just pumping out the podcast, man. We, uh, Me and David already broke down the depth chart earlier in the week. Today, we are joined by a special guest, DJ Williams. Uh, we teased it on the previous podcast. Why is DJ on? It's because we have partnered up with Dime Life, uh, and we are going to have a football pick'em contest. Uh, which you guys can all participate in. Uh, we'll get more into that here in a little bit. But DJ, how you doing? I'm doing great, man. Uh, you know, I'm really excited about the Pick'em contest. It was actually something that we did um, in Denver when I was a player. Um, there was a small, uh, I would say, secret society of guys. It was only eight guys. It was six players the head trainer, and actually the owner of the Broncos, uh, Pat Bowling. And it was something that, you know, you had to earn a rite of passage to, you know, seven, eight year league, you receive a note in your locker, and you're a part of it. And, uh, you know, I just really enjoyed being a part of it. Now we do this on the mass scale. It's going to be exciting. How did you do? How'd you do in those, in that pickup? Well, you know what, to be honest, uh, you know, I didn't do well. There was one incident one time where um, I chose a team. Like, I'll, I'll just say, you know, I, I take Miami over Florida State, you know, minus seven or whatever it is. And then it got around to Pat Bowling. And uh-huh. Pat Bowling picked that same pick em, And, you know, somebody was like, you know, that's already been picked. Then it comes around to me again. I pick a team and it goes to him again. And then he goes back and he picks the, the Miami of Florida State again. And then that's when the uh, trainer kind of elbowed me. and was like, hey. And that was the first time ever in Pickham's history where there was a trade that was executed. Mid, mid through the Pickham's. I had this team. And, you know, by the end of the, end of the Pickham's, I actually traded my team off to Mr. Bowling. Uh, I never won, though. I, ne- I never won. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, for, the, for those unaware guys, to sign up for the Pick'em Contest, it is through uh, CBS Sports, the way you can find it, uh, inside the u.cbssports.football. Uh, we're also tweeting it out. You guys can find it on our message boards. It's 10 games a week, free to enter. Uh, there's going to be some prizes available. One of them is $250 credit to use at Dime Life, and that kind of trans- transitions right into my next question for you, DJ. Um, just what is is the latest with uh, Dime Life, and how has that, um, that that business of yours been going? Oh, man. Um, you know, it's been a struggle. You know, um, the biz- my business has been affected just like everybody else um, with, the, with the COVID-19. Um, I actually shut down for two or three months 
right? I didn't want my staff working in an unhealthy environment, coming in and out of the fulfillment center. Um, and then when we were ba- able to basically, you know, get back in the office and start working again, uh, everything, you know, we get a lot of stuff from other countries. And so just manufacturing, there are a lot of issues, the unknown, if there's going to be a season or not, um, which is why, you know, uh, I recently, about three, four weeks ago, really put in my uh, seasonal order. And it's now, it's just now coming in where, you know, times in the past, I would already have everything in stock and ready to go two, three months before the season. But, um, you know, we're excited. We got some awesome gear, some awesome stuff that we're dropping. Um, I actually got some fire, but I'm honestly holding off to see how well this team is going to do. Um, you know, I, I just don't want to keep dropping all this fire and, you know, we keep going six and whatever we go. Yeah. I like the shirt you got on now. What, tell us, I mean, the listeners. Yeah, so this is, uh, this is actually a new shirt that we dropped. We dropped a full collection. Um, there's also a hat coming. There's also some shorts. Another thing that I'm really excited about is um, we executed an extension on our contract with Sean Taylor. Um, and so in another company I'm a part of uh, called Player Culture, uh, I actually mon- uh, manage his likeness. So the company that I'm a part of, we go ahead and we get exclusive deals uh, through Sean Taylor's estate. And the money's all going towards his daughter, Jackie, which was something cool and dope, uh, you know, that I was a part of. But also it now lets me uh, make amazing gear. We just dropped this hat right here. Right. You can see it, right? This is image and then on the back, you know, his whole collection is always about legends never die. So we got a lot of cool things coming in and out. I, I wanted to ask you, you, you also, I mean, uh, primarily this is the Miami Hurricanes podcast. You have the, the Miami line, but you did start, uh, is it Dime Life X or, or X. tell us about that? Yeah. So quick story, Dime Life originally started out just a streetwear brand. It wasn't until, uh, you know, I made my logo in UM Colors and I ended up on a 30 for 30, uh, you know, Billy Corbin, thank you. And that's when the brand kind of took off. So for the next three years after that, I focused on just my UM um, licensing agreement. And last year I decided to get back into the lifestyle. So we make some cool beachwear, cool shorts and trunks and things like that, Dime Life X. Um, It's just an extension of Dime Life. Uh, you know, and to be honest, for the first seasonal launch, you know, even with COVID, it was accepted pretty well. But, you know, we got a lot of good things down the pipe. Um, just drop, you know, I don't want to just be seasonal during football season. So I want to provide, you know, people in Miami and, you know, people throughout the country with cool um, leisure lounge beach style wear. And also, this is something that I'm a little nervous about, but several of my old teammates have been knocking at my door we need to do dime life for my school dime life for my school and i honestly i've been real hesitant because it, it, it's something to me where i love the fact that it is miami's and it's miami's own it's something that we have that no other school has and you know we always talk about the you invented swag so i'm gonna as a businessman i'm gonna have to listen to those conversations sure. um but again you know the dime life um the way that it goes it, it's it's for me it's going to be something that i want to do my whole life and you know, uh, I always want to give something cool and special to our fans. Yeah, look, you're rocking the the wave T-shirt on, on yes. DimeLife.com, and 
you know, for, for people that obviously can't see it, they're listening to this podcast, go check out dimelife.com, get you a wave t-shirt. It, it's definitely a cool, I, I'd it's say it's an old school look. Would you say just, old just school? Say, just say it's the, it's, the, it's the old new wave. I love it. <laughs> it's simple. Good. So you said, you know, you got some fire planned f- for this season if things go well. Yeah. What are your expectations for, for the Hurricanes this year? What, what, how excited are you? Because I do think there is some buzz with that offense. And uh... you, you know what? To be honest, I have no idea. Um, you know, due to COVID, you know, uh, it hasn't been like it's been in the past where former players have been able to go there, watch right. practice, check out the incoming freshmen, check out any transfers, check out the new coaching staff. Um, you know, they there a few times. Um, but besides that, you know, it, I, I'm just like you guys. I'm, I'm, I can't wait to yeah. tune in Thursday to see if all the stuff that I read and all the stuff that coaches are saying and all the stuff that players are tweeting and pushing out, um, you know, through social media, I want to see if it's true. You know, it's been a lot of wolf tickets that have been, been sold the last two years. You know, now it's, it's, now it's time to produce. What is your kind of uh, take on, on Manny Diaz? I mean, obviously you haven't, like you said, been around the program much uh, the past couple of months, but, you know, he's a guy that was the defensive coordinator under Mark Richt. I'm, I'm sure you interacted with him. Just, I guess, assess what he's done so far and, you know, any, any cool stories you might have about you and Manny. Well, you know, the, the, the few years that he was a defensive coordinator, I thought he did an amazing job. Um, you know, really where it was is we just suffered on offensive ball, offensive side of the ball. And, you know, now that he's the head coach, you know, I always wondered uh, with the defense suffer, you know, with him now being spread out with his responsibilities. I think he's done a great job of um, implementing a coaching staff that's going to allow him to be successful. Um, you know, being around, hearing from the players, you know, they love him. It's the type of guy that you love to play for. But, you know, as a fan, like, we want to see results, right? And what last year was, that's not the type of result. That's not University of Miami football. And, uh, you know, he's a prideful guy, and I think that he's challenged the players, and I challenged the, he's challenged the coaching staff. And I believe that we're going to see a team that's going to come out and be hungry. We need to be violent. We need to be vicious. We need to be University of Miami. You know, this is not a, a French pastry type of situation. You know, this is meat, potatoes, hit people in the mouth, don't help them up. And if they want something in the parking lot, we give it to you there too. In a big picture sense, um, how, how intrigued are you by the fact that Miami's transitioning to a spread offense? I know, you know, dating back to when you played at Miami, Miami took pride in kind of being a pro-style offense and, and doing things that way and had a ton of success with it, right? Like any style can work if, if you have yes. the right players and right coaches. But, um, you know, just the fact that Miami's now transitioning to a spread, does that excite you or, or do you not really care about that? Are you just kind of more about just execution and, and having the right players to run it? Well, I mean, it definitely excites me, to be honest. I remember, you know, back in the days when I used to play NCAA and everybody used to play NCAA, you would choose University of Miami and then you would choose the Gators playbook, right? You, right. <laughs> you'd get Portis. Reed, Santana Moss, Jeremy Shockey, Andre, you get all these guys, Kellen Winslow, all these guys on the field at one time. And, you know, at the University of Miami, you know, we've always had the best talent. We've had the best athletes. 
And, you know, the last few years, it does seem like our offense have been handcuffed, right? Uh, I'll be honest. I watched uh, games in the last two years, and every run play to me looked exactly the same. I think with the uh, uh, athletic ability that we have and the speed that we have, this spread offense will be able to utilize that. You know, you get our playmakers in open space, and you got guys that can go to distance. You know, one missed tackle, and it's 60, and it's a touchdown. Um, again, what we've done in the last few years hasn't worked. So I'm excited about this. And also, we've had struggles with the offensive line. You know, let's, let's just be open and honest about it. And when you have a spread offense, again, that is something that is a tremendous help to those guys because we're trying to get the ball out quick. We're getting, in, getting them out on edges. We're separating the defense, right, which also allows the offensive line to, uh, <clears throat> to produce a lot better. So I'm excited because it's going to get the ball into the hands of our athletes. And then, you know, the things that we're still tweaking on the inside, we got some young guys on the inside, you know, we'll be able to mask those things with getting the ball out quick with that spread offense. Uh, I, you know, the offense is the one big change that Manny's made the, this offseason that everyone will talk about, but it's not the only one. Uh, he also brought Ed Reed in to kind of be in, a, in an advisory role. I mean, your, your thoughts on that? I mean, I, I know you, you spent plenty of time around Ed. Just what do you think he can do for the guys in that locker room? I think bringing him around, you know, could be a tremendous help to the university. But, you know, I have to ask myself, you know, what is his true role? Um, because Ed is old school, you know. Uh, he's not going to hold his tongue. He's going to come in. He's going to tell what he sees right. He's going to tell what he sees wrong. Um, you know, he's an intelligent guy. So, you know, he's not going to come in and think that, you know, back in my days, this is how we did it. Um, but again, he's knowledgeable about the game. I just worry about, um, you know, his role. If he's really, really going to have a true voice in this, you know, or he's just an ornament, you know, that's being dangled around. And he's not the type of guy that will allow that to happen. You know, if everybody can come together and not worry about who gets the credit, I think having him on the staff will be tremendous on multiple levels from the recruiting, um, you know, helping the coaching staff on how to relate and talk to the players and get the best out of the players. Um, you know, when you got a, a Hall of Famer like that, that the defensive back could go and talk to, uh, all it can do is help you. So – I'm just hopeful that, you know, they give Reed the room um, and the voice to really speak up. Well, he's going to speak up regardless, right? I just, I just hope that everybody has their ears open and they're willing to accept, uh, you know, the knowledge uh, that he's trying to bestow on them. It seemed like he was around the team last week, I think. So I guess it's fair to say you haven't really interacted with him about his position and – and gotten a feel for what he is allowed to do or able to do in, in this role? Yeah, no, I, like I said, I, I haven't really gotten any idea about it. He actually was there um, last week. Yeah. I drove by the school and I honked at him as I saw uh, he was getting <laughs> into his vehicle. But again, you know, I don't think that they bring him along, you know, just an ornament. I, right. I believe that you would have, you would be a fool to not utilize his greatness um and help the team uh and i'm talking about in every aspect man and if you've ever had a conversation with reed or if you ever see him spoke at paradise camps and things like that um 
you know, it, it ain't really about football, even though it always is. He talks about being a great young man, being productive, being a good part of society. And, you know, once you do things like that, everything else kind of falls in line. So I think he's going to be a great asset as long as he's used correctly. You mentioned Paradise Camp. Uh, I think I know you've been a guest coach at least once. It could be more times. What was that experience like just coming back and having a chance to coach up some of those guys? And I'm assuming some of those players are now actually on UM's roster. It's a great experience, right? You get to see the young talent up close and personal. You know, I'm not like you guys hopping around going to <laughs> high school games, right? right. So I, I sit back and I wait for your reports on guys. And then, you know, once, once they uh, catch my attention, I'll go ahead and I'll follow a guy. But to be at the Paradise Camp and, you know, working with the linebackers or whatever position a person may be, you get to see these guys up close and personal. You get to see their personality. You get to see their demeanor. I don't think um, a lot of people understand how vital uh, a player's personality, a player's will to want to get better, a player's uh, selflessness, how all those things come together to make a great teammate, right? You, you get a guy that's big, fast, flashy, you know, has all the stars next to his name, but you wonder why you know, they don't produce in college. You wonder why they don't make it into the league. Well, you got to have all the variables. And when you do the Paradise Camp, you're able to kind of, you know, personally challenge these guys and kind of get to know these guys a little bit, even though it's just a few days. But you still can tell, okay, who's a baller, who's really going to get in, who wants it. Do you think, you know, going back to high school, you were as big of a deal as a recruit as there was in the country, right? Do you think now it's even a different challenge for, for guys that are highly rated like you were because of social media and, and expectations, you know, websites like ours, maybe even put more stuff on guys now, you know, coaches now talk about having to kind of deprogram guys sort of fr from the recruiting process when they get into a program. Do, do you think it's different than when you played in that way or, or the same? Um, it's, it's definitely different. I do understand how the coaches have to deprogram these guys, but at the same time, the coaches, they're the one that's kissing these guys behind, right? Because that's just the way high school football is now. And if you don't know how to walk that fine line between being a hard nosed coach and your player respecting you, but then also kind of giving those attaboys because everybody else in the country is giving them those attaboys then you may not get some recruits. And I'll be honest, um, when I was getting recruited by Bush Davis University in Miami, number one player in the country, oh, I was getting all the pats on the back. Everything that they, everything that was, <laughs> that I wanted, they said I could have. They actually told me when I came in, I could be number 11. Knowing that the starting quarterback <laughs> is number 11. Right. The moment I signed, the moment I got here, you're not being number 11, kid. And that's just part of the game. But yeah. my, my biggest thing with the kids today is, and I can't fault them because it is big money and it is a business. But you got guys that are 14 and they're not excited about the journey. They're excited about the end goal, which is the NFL, right? You got a guy that's 14 that doesn't want to be the best freshman in the country, that best sophomore in the country, best junior, best senior in the country that doesn't want to win a high school state champion, then get to college, you know, 
get every accolade that you could want. Right now, you got guys, and really just their end goal is the NFL, and they don't really care how they get there or what happens throughout their career to get there. And for me, that's the biggest difference that I see between my era and the era that's starting to be developed. But again, can I fault these guys, right? You know, can, can you fault a, a Rousseau for sitting out, right? What he did, nobody in my era ever would have wanted, ever would have done that. We like to compete too much, and we weren't thinking about ourselves as huge, big business. Um, you know, when I was at the U, I spoke to Coach Saul, Don Solinger, often. And, you know, he spoke to, so highly about EJ, Edrin James, and he said EJ had a plan, right? He said EJ had a plan the moment that he got to UM, and then when he got to the league, he had a plan. And if you look at EJ throughout his career, he's been very successful everywhere he's, that he's gone. But again, it wasn't that he just was focusing on the end of the game, right? Day to day, EJ was trying to be the best, grinding out, working out in the offseason and doing all those things. I think um, the young guys today miss that. I think they get caught up too much at the end, and they don't enjoy the process and the journey, which is honestly the most part. Because if you work hard, you study hard, you rest correctly, and you do the things that you're supposed to do, you'll end up where you're supposed to be. Let me follow up too, because it's along similar lines. It's kind of off the beaten path here, but I think you could bring interesting perspective to this. So like name, image, and likeness is coming eventually yes. for college, right? Yes. You know, with your business now, uh, you know, intersecting with you were a former big time player at the college level. What are your thoughts just on name, image, and likeness happening at the NCAA level? Like, do you think it's a good idea? Do you think it's going to be tough? What are your just big picture thoughts on it? I think it's a great idea. If you, if you looked over time, you know, these institutions, uh, you know, have taken advantage of players, right? You know, how much money would Reggie Bush have made? How much money would Johnny Manziel would have made if, you know, he could monetize his own likeness? Um, I don't know the correct way to do it because I also do think putting $20,000, $50,000 in the hands of a 19-year-old yeah. uh, is a huge mistake. Um, you know, I, I, I've had conversations with friends before and, you know, the way that I looked at it is, you know, when you're in NFL – Every year we get a check. Um, it's like a royalty check from the uses of our likeness. Right. Um, you know, I think something like that should be implemented in, in, in college ball as well. But I also believe that the money shouldn't be accessible right now, right? I don't know what the number is, whether it's 10,000, 15,000 a year for each player, but I think it should be put in a, a trust make them the beneficiary, and hey, when they're 23 or whatever it is, you know, they can get their hands on that money. And then also, you know, because there are going to be guys that, you know, are, are whose likeness is more valuable. And again, I think those guys should be able to go out and take advantage of that. But as well, I don't think that those guys should be able to put that money in their pocket. Um, I think it should go into a bank, into a trust, and, you know, maybe if they're having issues back home, or things like that, or they have a young child, you know, there can be some rules and guidelines on how, you know, they can touch their money and take it out. But if you're really, if you really care about these young men and you really care about their futures, you know, you wouldn't give a guy that's 19 living in Miami $50,000, right? He'll, he'll, trust me, he'll blow through it by the time 
he's through college. If you really care, you know, you'll, you'll let him monetize his likeness, but then you'll set up a system so that he can actually benefit off of the money that he, that came in. That's good perspective. Got kind of shifting gears, DJ. I know you got to get going. Um, UAB game a few days from now. Uh, first off, you just being a player, is it difficult to play on a Thursday night? And then is it also, you think, going to be weird this season for players playing in limited capacity stadiums? Like there's only 13,000 guys at Hard Rock. Like, do you think that changes anything just from a former player's perspective? Well, you know, first of all, a Thursday night game, it's the first game of the season. So it should be no difficulty to it. You know, it's not like you're coming off a short week. You got bumps and bruises that need to heal up um, from the game before. You know, during the season, now they are a little bit difficult, but, you know, your coaching staff is supposed to take care of you and make sure that you're fresh. Uh, as far as the, the fans, you know, for, for me, to be honest, I was so tuned into the game, I really didn't really hear or feel the fans unless it was a huge, huge play. A huge, huge play. And to be honest, whether it went in my favor or it went against my favor, when huge plays happen, you do feel the energy of the crowd. If, it, if a huge play happens for you and your crowd is roaring, you look into the stands and everybody's shaking their turnover chains and doing whatever they do, you do get energized. And on the opposite end of it is, you know, if, if you're somewhere else and there's 100,000 and you make a horrible play and their fans are doing it, when you look up, you're demoralized as well. But I think these guys will be able to adjust to it, right? We all played high school ball. And, you know, and, unless you were at one of those big schools in Texas – you know, where they have, you know, $4 million stadiums, you know, majority of us played in front of a few hundred people, right? But once you get in between those lines, you should be so focused on your job that the last thing that you're worried about is the fans. The last thing that you're worried about is what end zone dance you're going to do, you know, on the West End and things like that. I want to get your, your quick scouting report or what your expect, expectations are for Zach McLeod. He's a guy that's been around the program now for a while. Uh, you know, focusing more on kind of that inside linebacker role, it seems like uh, this year rather than strong side. Um, what are you expecting for him, you know, as a redshirt senior this year? He has to be the guy, right? Um, you know, you redshirted for a reason. I don't know if it was more to help the team or to help himself, but this is it. This is your, this is your last hurrah. You know, he's been around the program a long time. Uh, you know, he's always been a hard worker. I don't know if you saw the post that he posted the other day. He's Jack, right? Yeah. He, has, he has a man body now. He has a man body now. But if you go look on his Instagram, I captioned, but are you guys going to knock helmets off, right? Everybody can oil up and flex up, but are you guys going to knock ha helmets off? I expect him to be the leader. And, I, and I'm not talking about the leader of the defense. He should be the leader of the team. Um, if you looked at him throughout his career, he's been selfless. Um, you know, when he's been on the field, he's made, he's made plays. And again, he's been around so long. He's come to age. He, he, you can tell that he cares about the game. He cares about his teammate. Now it's time to take that extra step. You know, um, he should be one of the top line linebackers coming out of this class, right? Just from what I've seen from the past. And now that I see his body and now he can, if he can, if he can take all those things put together, the mental aspect. You know what I mean? He should be a war dog. The other starter, B.J. Jennings, he was kind of – he's been a surprise in camp to us. Yeah. Do 
Do you know him at all well? Have you interacted with him? I do. I, I do know BJ. And uh, you know who he kind of reminds me of? He reminds me of uh, Daryl Sharpton. Okay. Um, BJ's going to hit everything that's moving. Okay. And that's what you love about a guy like that that's real physical. is going to down go downhill and hit everything that's moving. Just some observation of watching him. I think he needs to slow down a little bit, right, and let the game kind of come to him because he is a kind of high-energy guy. He just wants to run and collide. And it's a fine line because you don't want to take away that physicality, but at the same time, you want to kind of direct it in the correct way. Um, and I played with Daryl Sharpton in the NFL as well right. uh, when he got to Chicago. And, you know, he was the type of guy that would run and just smash the guard, smash the fullback, and then make the tackle. Yeah. And then it gets to a point in your career when I tell him, like, hey, guess what? You didn't have to hit that guard or you didn't have to hit that fullback. You could have right. just maneuvered and made the tackle. Right. So it's a fine line because you don't want to take that aggression away from a guy, right? Because at the end of the day, football is about hitting. But at the same time, you want to you help them help themselves slow the game down. And it's a real, real physical game. And so sometimes you don't have to bash into everything full speed, right? You can show into a gap, influence the running back, and then fall back and make the play. Instead, you know, BJ type of guy, he's, he's hitting and then falling off. But again, it's better to have it that way than the opposite way, but I think he's going to do well. Um, you know, playing next to Zach, I think, I think Zach should be in his ear a lot. You know? Um, and I think if, if Zach controls that huddle and controls that linebacker group, I think all those guys will do well. Well, DJ, man, we appreciate you taking the time we're excited about this pick'em contest i think i said the wrong url earlier uh you guys can sign up for the pick'em contest through the smoke.football.cbssports.com you can find it on our website inside the u uh i'm also tweeting out a link to it free to sign up 10 games a week against the spread you have a chance to beat dj you have a chance to beat us uh and it's going to be a ton of fun I think there's something you forgot. So on top of the $250 Dime Life gift certificate at the end, remember, anybody that beats me is also going to get – it was 10%, but I'm going to push it up to 25%. Let's go. So if you beat me throughout this season, you'll also get a 25% discount towards your order. But you got to remember, I got a lot of friends. that are. I got Brady Quinn. I got John Beeson. I got I'm, I'm, so much inside trader information is gonna be going on over Let's here. Go. I'm gonna Let's know who's it. ankle sprained. I'm gonna know, you know, who's not eligible. But listen, if you think you can beat me, go ahead and sign up. Awesome. Well, hey, we, we appreciate it, and we will we will talk to you uh to you later. Thanks again. Thank you. Thanks, DJ. All right. Picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. 
I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.